Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here we go. Mark LaLama? Damn, I'm getting spoiled today. <clears throat> Mark LaLama is our next guest. I'm just logging in here. It looks like we're a good go. Oh, he's hanging off in the wings, but we can catch you on the camera, Mark. Come on in, man. Really appreciate you coming in today. Mark LaLama. Hi, brother. I love you, man. Thanks for coming in. Take a seat. Get warm with that microphone. This me? I think so. That would be great. So I'm Jim Fannin. We're going live all day on the hour. We're right on schedule, too, thanks to the Perpetual Peace Project that came in. C.D. Onofrio and James Durlow came in at 10 o'clock right on time. Sorted out some technical issues. Thanks to Chris Curry for producing in the background. Cat Augustine's taking some pictures. Paul Brady's doing what he does, looking sexy as a tech guy. I'm Jim Fannin. Thank you, man. I'm really pleased to have you in here today. I, I don't really know where to start, so let's just start with, well, thank you. My pleasure. One. Thanks um, for asking. My mother was such a huge fan of yours, and, uh, well, she loves the young, good-looking guys. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't consider your brother that good-looking, but she loved Paul, too. Uh, you know, she died six years ago, just way too early at 61 years old, misdiagnosed here in Niagara with, can with cancer, yeah. but the wrong type. Uh, Wednesdays at Coppola's got to be a real yeah. creative outlet for her and you know a place that she could go that felt safe and wasn't the usual crowd of hangers-on and networkers and and uh, yeah. you know lunch and learns and type of thing so it was a real different crowd and you had some vicious talent I mean a couple of those drummers you brought through I mean uh, Richard Brown isn't that great on bass, but I mean, you've had Rich some. Moore, yeah. <laughs> Moore, <laughs> Richard Moore, yeah. Well, it, it, uh, you know, I, I poke fun, but you had some just some viciously deep, talented people for your for your gigs. Yeah. You played a long time there, too, so tell us yeah, about well, that. Well, you know, the way it started was some 15-odd years ago, and my brother Paul said, you know, friends of mine have a, a restaurant, and uh, they want us to play the opening. So I had just moved back to the region. I've been here back here 18 years, and so... Um, I said, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll play the opening. I said, but so I, that was the idea. You and Paul started that. Me, Paul, and my brother Rob. Oh, okay. On drums. Really? So for me, it was, I had just kind of moved back fresh, and, and, and we were just going to play the opening. But at that time, I, was, I wasn't doing any cover gigs. I was t touring with different recording artists, and that was how I made my living. I was just touring with four or five different artists. Right. So I, didn't, I said, well, what are we going to play? What songs are we going to play? <laughs> and Paul said, Whatever, we'll just play what we played when we were kids, you know? Really? So we ended up playing that first night for seven hours. 
we went in at five and we played till midnight. And, we, and you know, Jerry and Luigi Coppola, they're they want, us. They expect that every week. They, what, no, you're going to no, take yeah. a break? No, you go yeah, seven yeah. hours. You went seven no. hours last week. So after the after the <laughs> that first opening, they said, well, you guys want to play here every week, like Wednesdays and Fridays? And I said, all right, we'll try for a couple months. We ended up playing for five years. Wow. Right? Every Wednesday, Friday. And then I, I left. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I took a break for about five years. Get six, burned out seven. a little bit? Well, no, I, I actually had to... I had, had other a television show. <laughs> so, well, we'll talk about that a yeah. little bit too, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I basically stopped playing for that whole stretch. I couldn't okay. do anything else while I was on that show. And then um, about four years ago, uh, I guess it was shortly after I made my first solo record, uh, Davide Dorenzo on drums, Rich Moore on bass. Wow. Davide said, man, we got to play somewhere. I, and he said, I dare you to find us a gig. He goes, anywhere... Right now, Dabri, like a house band gig. Dabri's kind of like the drummer to the stars, right in Canada. Oh, he's one yeah. Of, oh, he's like the most. Recurring. Now he's the guy that with the crazy expressions on his face rolls his eyes back, and everybody thinks just, he's blind because his yeah. eyes disappear. And oh yeah, he's he's on everybody's record. Like wow, he's on so many Juno. What a talent too. Yeah, so we, and my drummer friends are coming out to see this guy, yeah. like Damien Smith and one other, like oh, yeah. the front row. Like this guy is a god. This guy's the guy. So the yeah. first time when we said we're we're going to start at Coppola's, and I put it on Facebook, and uh, me, Davide, and Rich Moore, and I looked out at the audience. There must have been about twelve drummers just sitting there wa- wow. waiting. Oh, no, he's 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 one of the few. He's kind of the, a famous drummer, right? Wow. Especially in Canada. So we ended up playing for three years. And what was cool about playing Coppola's, the restaurant, as you know, has that little sort of built-in nook right. where the band sets up. Anyway, and it ended up being like a little mini concert every Wednesday night. Right, and a couple and, booths right there yeah. were like VIP. Yeah, and people would, <laughs> we had our regulars, you know, people would show up. One guy uh, brought a sign. And he, it, it was For like requests? A, it was like a tober, no, it was like a Toberlorone sign, a, a triangle on one side said, shh, the band's playing. And then the other side says, no cell phones. And then the third sign was way more rude, right? <laughs> so, so, it would pre- so he'd hold it up to the audience if, they, if he thought they were getting too loud. Right? Wow. It was great. So, yeah, well, uh, that's part of the problem you guys are constantly frustrated with. And, and Aaron Berger's coming on the show at 1 o'clock. He's here with uh, Aaron Berger and the Blue Stars. You know, the frustration of playing to a bunch of drunks that are not there to see you, that right. your background music, no, yeah. you know, and then, you know, Yoga by Sarah's toyed with a couple of these intimate settings. Aaron Berger was one of them that did Burger Blake and Gould. It was, uh, you know, kind of a pass the hat. So they said, hey, we're not charging today. But they had 35 people in this tight little yoga studio yeah. and the intimacy yeah. and the, the spirit of the performance trans transmutes right into the audience and Absolutely. and when you have 35 people that have come to see you mm-hmm. and are not getting drunk at the bar and clanking and, and networking and all that kind of stuff so you, yeah. you must have a little it's probably like a little cross at Coppola's where there's a little bit of chatter in the background but a lot of the people have come to see you so it's probably well a yeah I mean there, right? well we got to a point where our the people that would come to see us said what are you doing here like I feel guilty that I walk in for free and see this band right and you know, like seriously, like the, like you, you feel know. like the beautiful prostitute that, yeah. that John's saying, "What are you doing well, here?" Well, it's like it's like what's a sweetheart like you doing in a dump like this? Yeah. No, uh, that's a Dylan quote. Has nothing to do with Capolas. We love Capolas, and uh, uh, no. So what ended up happening was we did leave Capolas. We haven't been there in about a year and a half to to start. I proposed a series to the Performing Arts Center, right? And basically, uh, what I so wanted to hear here. 
The here, here, yeah. yeah. So my concept is I love playing a bar like a Coppola's. I love playing the intimate set. I've played every size venue. Mm -hmm. You name it, right? I've played that size. I've played arenas. I've played small venues. Mm -hmm. I love the intimate venues. So I, uh, my pitch to the Performing Arts Center was, let's create a Sunday afternoon concert and keep it intimate, somewhere between 100 and 200 people. And it'll be where the band... Like when you're playing in a small setting like that, week by week, musically, it gets so adventurous. Right? You don't stick to any script. You don't stick to any arrangement. Do you find that advances you further down the path of your musical talent, too? Well, or is it more you, useful to... Well, it advances your soul. Right? Okay, so, cool. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it, you don't edit yourself. Right. Whatever you, so the, the exercise is that whatever comes to mind, you play. If you hear doing something, go. You don't say, I'm not going to do that because it's not in this part of the song or something. Right? <laughs> so you just react to what you... Uh, what you hear in your in your head, right? Right. So uh, that's so I wanted to create that on, on in a big venue. So that's what the here here is. So so it's the trio, Davide, myself, and Rich, and then we have two different guests each show, right? And it's so it's full it's full production. Yeah, and full you lights. went really local last year too with your whole yeah. series. But they're all female performers too. It just worked out that way. But no, it was uh, the first I mean, I try to, I try to mix it up. Like if, if we have, if the international guest is a male, mm -hmm. you know, my band's all guys. I mean, it's nice to have a female. If, right. if the international guest is a female, then I'll probably have a male guest. You know, it doesn't okay. always work out that if I can do that, I think it's, it's kind of, it's a cool to have, you know, some female. We'll talk energy. about the, the yeah. upcoming album in a bit and we'll go back to Capola's, but you're live tomorrow at the pack. Is Live tomorrow? tomorrow, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the pack started uh, last January, and it was uh, we had four concerts. That it was just a pilot project, right? right? To sold see out, if it though, would, didn't you? Most of yeah, them. Yeah, every show sold out. Okay. Are so, you reducing the capacity to make sure it sells out? Or no? <laughs> cool. So <laughs> they 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 packed it as far as they could for for the, uh, the fire code. Okay. So okay. so I think we started about 150 seats. But it was brand new. You know, we didn't know if anybody would come, right? Yeah. We didn't know if anybody was interested. Well, that's your greatest fear, too, yeah. right? It's like having a birthday party and no one shows up. Yeah, and so <laughs> my trio is, is, the, is the featured artist as well as being the host. So we open the show we play, and then we bring on a Niagara artist for th oh. three songs. We close the set, and then we take a break. We open cool. the second half with a trio, and then we bring on an international guest. And, wow. and then at the end, we all play uh, an encore together. So every show sold out. We had uh, Mark Jordan as a guest. We had Whitney P. We had uh, Ian Thomas, Kevin Bright, Susie Vinnick, uh, wow. Beth Moore, Brittany Brooks, and uh, Joe Lipinski. And wow. then uh, they extended us, so they loved it at the pack. And they gave us eight more shows. And the next block of four sold out before we even began the series. Wow. So all four shows sold out. So they started adding seats. They reconfigured the room. They added another 40 seats. Uh, the last week was Daniel Romano and Guido Basso. And they added 40 seats about a week before the show, and they sold those out as well. So, you making any money off this, or they got you over a barrel? with? Am them? I making? Yeah. Oh, I'm making so much money. <laughs> it's not even funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just figure, you know, it's a, it's a big venue. It's, you know, it's pretty ritzy. And, you know, oh, I know they treat it's us always well. tough, especially with the struggling artists. And you're more established than a lot of the guys uh, that I roll with it, who actually have day jobs and struggle mm -hmm. to make their music and produce it themselves. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, so I always feel like 
um, you know, it's, it's a risk, right, for these guys. They either need to go to a bar or to someone that's going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you in and pay you some money. That's never all that lucrative. But to do what you're doing at the pack, that's a big risk. That room, you know, to rent that room costs you thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, well, I know they say it's only 500 bucks, but then they, they charge you per uh, chair and per test. Well, I don't know any of I, I, I'm not... I'm not producing the show. Okay. It's their series, cool. right? I'm the musical director, whatever okay, you want great. to call me. I don't know. Hmm. I'm an accordion player from Welland that uh, asks people to come Can we and edit play. that part out? He's yeah. not from Welland. Let's just skip that part, okay? No offense to Welland. I went to high school in Welland. No, no, I can, no. I can talk shit. No, but it. it's the PAC series. It's not the Mark Lalama series. It's okay. the Performing Arts Center. So I don't rent the room. I don't do anything like cool, that. Man. Basically, I'm working with them, and they're an awesome, really an awesome partner. Awesome. You know? Now, we're going to hear a few tracks from the album coming up here. we got an hour with uh, Mark Lalama. Wow, it's going so slow. i got all t- I got 45 minutes left with this genius up here. So, uh, Chris, uh, what do you want to hear off the, the first oh, uh, track off the album? We'll geez. take a short break. Um, I don't know. You want to go, you want to go energetic or you want to go... You want to make let's everybody weep? Out, uh, yeah, let's start out energetic. Why not? We're getting we're past the PPP and the folky stuff, aren't we? Well, no, I just okay. finished this rug. I can't even remember the numbers. Okay, let's try... Um, yeah, oh, geez. Some of them are really, like, you know... Uh, long ones? Some are really like long. Long like long jams. minutes, <laughs> 12 minutes, we get off on a rail, you know? Yeah. But uh, let's give you something. What what number is... Uh, where did we go? Do you yeah, see that on the list there? Where did we go? Oh, I'm, I'm really... You got no... No, you got no, you got no... Oh, I gave you a track sheet. Okay, let's go with number <laughs> one, two, three. Let's just... I don't know what it is. Let's just pick number Mark three. Mark Lalama live in the Jim Family Show from Sessions oh, on the River. Okay. This Get is called here. Leave That Guy. We're going to keep the video up, but we'll... This is live at Coppola's. Cool. Mark Lalama, everyone. We just edit that shit, right? If I told you that I want you I can't live without you my whole world's about you Oh, baby, baby Would you leave that guy Leave that guy Leave that guy for me If I told you that I love you I put no one above you All I do is dream of you Baby, baby, would you leave that guy
People are starting to fill in now. We got performers. Performers will be loading in the back door. That was Mark Lalama from his forthcoming album, Live from Capolas. Honored to have you here, man. It's oh, been a pleasure. long time Thanks. coming. We tried to get you on the last show and we couldn't make it work. So I really appreciate the time. Um, we want to touch on the Niagara music scene. You know, yeah. guys like you that have traveled around the world are aware that there's something really special here in Niagara that doesn't exist anywhere else. And, you know, I know we're kind of homers. Yeah. We're all, you know, frustrated by the small town mindset, I think. You know, I, I think 
lots of times we gravitate between I'll never live anywhere else and I can't get, wait to get the hell out of here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but we have such a great quality of life. It's changing a little bit as we see, you know, our, our, our population expanding and yeah. prices going up in real estate and stuff like that. But I have many talented musicians, journeymen like yourself. I don't know if, you, if that's a bad term, but, you know, people that read, compose, can mentor session players that come in, you know, like mm -hmm. Dan O'Shea, you know, I love the idea of laying on the couch in Tennessee, waiting for the producer to call and go, the kid's, the kid's flaming, stand by. Oh, he pulled it out, don't worry about it. Or get down here and he's gotta be the one to say, sorry kid, I'm yeah. gonna play this album. Your name will still go on it. And I'm like, what? You oh, can no, bring that... in session musicians? Like, oh yeah, the Stones did that all the time. I had no idea, so I'm fascinated by that. But these guys like Dan O'Shea and yourself that travel around really come back with information for me and not being a musician, not getting around that much, that this is a special pocket of talent that doesn't exist anywhere else. Well, you know, I, I can't really speak to the other communities. You know, I know that there's amazing scene in Hamilton. There's amazing scene in Winnipeg. There's, there's you know, what I think is universal across the country is uh, there are people who love to play music. And as, as soon as someone has the courage to be themselves as a writer, as a performer. As soon as you, 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 um, you know, Jim Fan Fannin is going to perform tonight, and if and if Jim knows who he is and knows what he wants to say and doesn't care what how somebody else does it, he's not trying to sound like someone else. He has the courage to be himself because he's the best at being Jim in the world. Then you get some real magic, right? And you I get, am performing you, tonight. Nobody yeah. knows that yet, but I am performing tonight. <laughs> so that's the thing, you know, to, like let's, let's really celebrate the, indi the individual uh, story. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. So as a writer, as a performer, it's your job, right, to expose be your authentic. story. Be authentic, period. If you're not authentic, then next you know, right. so so that's the thing. It's like if you're not you, you're boring. Be you. You're not. If you're really you, you're not boring, right? So, yeah. so in Niagara, you know, and I've had this conversation with a lot. Of, I was just I just had this conversation last night with a, a local songwriter, and we were talking about struggle, you know, and uh, part of the creative process is struggle. It's a result of struggle, you know. Uh, World famous I mean, songwriter. Mental struggle, struggle. Well, look, you know, I've to actually, put it down on paper. You know, you think of the greatest music in the last hundred years in the in the, in the pop world has come from out of heartbreak. You know, tragedy from Black Americans. Love, right? Yeah. You know, I've had a I actually quote. I won't say who said this, but but you know, in a very odd way. I mean, the struggle, like the songs that came out of slavery, mm. right? Were like as Tear that I mean, it's a terrible, terrible thing to bring up. But the, what it illustrates is struggle, right, creates this beautiful art, right? And the human the condition, you know, uses art. That's why it's, it's, music is not entertainment, just entertainment. Mm. It's essential, you know? It's essential for your soul to live, right? It's so, like food and water. It is, exactly. Yeah. So... That's that's how people get through the toughest times. So it's it's not just go up there and shake your booty, you know. Mm. It's go up there and make a, a human connection, a heartfelt. It, it's funny, and I wonder, and I constantly encourage people to communicate this to the performance, uh, the performers that 
your music changed my life. Like, it, it, and it's funny to hear you say, like, that got me through the hard times. And, you know, some of my friends, you know, they, they give thanks for the, for the hard times and for the heartbreaks and for the tragedies. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm not, I've had a fuck enough hard times. Yeah, I don't yeah. need any more. Yeah. And just appreciating that this is the human condition and this is what it's, it is to be human, to have feelings and to celebrate that good, bad, or indifferent, yes. worse yet indifferent, I guess. So it's interesting to hear you talk about it as a coping mechanism, but for us, some of these songs and, and you know, from a number of different artists, and it's so cool that not, so many of them are local. Now I still got my 21 Pilots I go off on or the, yeah. my USSs or whatever sure. that really get me fried as far as like, you know, I call it the pregame beats. Hey, you're going out to a performance, yeah. you need to don't, 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 lust for life or something, that theme song, right? So it's interesting to hear you talk about coping with music when I don't think you guys are always present to the impact that it has on us and how we cope through your music and our interpretation of it, which is never. I mean, yeah. you, you can't get it right. I mean, sometimes, like some of my favorite songs, my buddy will go, well, I don't even, that's the silliest song I've ever written. I don't even know what it means, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, it means something to me. I already mean it means something to me. Yeah, well, that, and that's why, you know, when somebody asks me, well, what's, what's that song about? And I say, I don't know, what's that song about? You know, yeah. because... Perfect answer. Because I'm more interested in what they think it's about than maybe what I had in mind as I wrote it, you know? So, uh, and I love it, you know, I played this week, and um, Susan Glucard was in the audience, and she's the Inuit singer, and, you know, Juno award winning, and, and, and she came up right after the show and said, what was that last song? And Where I said, can I I get said it? that's a song called Beautiful. She goes, I want it, I want it, right? So it instantly hit a chord, right, with her, she goes, I might want to put some Inuit lyrics to it as well. You know? Oh, she wants to... She wants it on her next record. Wow. Right? And that's so, going to be the most flattering thing ever. Yeah, when somebody well, like that comes up to you and says, oh, that's got to be on my album. Yeah, yeah. So wow. for me, the, the three years, at, the last three years at, uh, that we did at Coppola's was a weekly... This, like, I felt like I, was, I had to pinch myself to be able to play with Rich and Davide. Like These are two guys that are wow. at the top of their game and, and they're in so much demand you know, internationally with artists. And so every Wednesday we got to set up, you know, like in this corner, like as close to me to you. Yeah. So I would I was so motivated to write new songs. I would rush to get new songs finished, you know, every week or every two weeks. And I had this, this total like uh, productive period where I, I wrote about 20 songs. The flash and, of creative genius is oh, just man, flowing. Oh man, I was so inspired. So, mm, cool. so like that song, Beautiful, that I just mentioned, maybe we'll play that next, I guess, yeah. since I'm talking about it. But that came out and, you know, people that would come every week, you know, they would be crying, you know, like it's a yeah. real, very personal song. So, wow. and they'd ask me what it's about. And I said, I don't know. What's well, do you about? find that you try to keep the mystique, the mystery of it a little bit? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, back in the day, well, for me, it was Pink Floyd. They didn't, you know, they didn't do any interviews. They didn't talk about the meaning of their music. Yeah, sometimes you get the lyrics, but that's another thing that frustrates me with the local guys. Because when I Shazam it, a lot of times it's not there. And, you know, when I Shazam anything, the lyrics are beside it. I want, I want to know what the hell you're saying, man. So, yeah, yeah. I, I always wrestle with that. Like, how much should you give away? Yeah. How much? Because I, honestly, 
some songs I don't even know what it's about. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm writing the song and I'm on. You're on this, this thread. It's about paying the bills. It's about putting bread on the table. Yeah, man, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to pay my taxes quick. No, but uh, it's like you don't know, and it, and I think that's part of the mystery too. Because look, you know, mathematically, every song is already written, right? So you think about it mathematically. Every single combination of Chords, notes. You mean it's already been written? It's done. It's been done I mean, before. Oh, no, no. I see. It's Think done. about it in, in retrospect. It's in the ether. Yeah, it's in you the ether. You just have to receive it. Yeah, because, you know, as far as the, the notes, the chords, the rhythms, like it, it would take, I don't know what the equation would be, and the, and the lyrics matching all that. It's already, it's already done. Hmm. So as an artist, as a writer, you can find those combinations, put them back together, and, uh, you know, you call it yours. But mathematically speaking it's already written right so well, i think as an artist here described you, in mathematical terms yeah I, i'm not a math guy but mm. um if you give me a second i'll come up with the equation and, uh, <laughs> but uh no but it but it's like i i try i don't really take it that personal like oh man i just wrote this badass song it it's already done it's up to me to find it to discover it wow. to, to get out of the way so that i can hear it or receive it. Seems right? like a common thing. CD was just saying the same thing. You know, I, I carve on these guys all the time, these free spirits, these hippies, this, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but, you know, he talks about the same thing we talked about uh, with uh, CD. You know, a brain is the sending and receiving device. Yeah. And if you think that that genius, um, that, that flash that comes into your mind that you're not sure where it came from came from your mind you're sadly mistaken because it's mm -hmm. being downloaded from the ethernet from the oversoul from that giant hard drive in yeah. the sky type of thing you know yeah yeah i mean we just kind of kind of get our human self out of the way you know yeah, just cool mark lalama is my guest chris you got beautiful it might be track 11 we're going to hit uh, a couple more songs off of Mark Lalama's upcoming album, Live from Coppola's. Yeah, so Coppola's, I'll just explain it to you. So we're set up in this little corner. There's no stage. Yeah. You walk into that place, you say, you definitely don't say, wow, there should be a band in that corner. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no place for a band. There's no lights. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. So we set up our... You recorded our, this at Coppola's as well? Yeah, so we had uh, uh, Drew Williams. He set up, I think, eight mics. And so this is a one-shot deal? This, one night? Yeah, two nights. We recorded over two nights. And uh, Mike Enns came with a film crew and right. videotaped it. I think we did Mike four Enns, cameras. Yeah. And uh, this is... Uh, then I mixed it at my studio. And, nice. And uh, this is it. So Mark Lalama, live from Coppola's. Chris, hit us up, brother. This is called Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. Nice. Still got 25 minutes Will you live long enough? Will you realize all of your dreams? Will the colors that you like come back in time? Thoughts are slow. This world is so fast. There's a thing or two that I know is true. 
back. I am Jim Fannin. This is the Jim Fannin Show. Live from Sessions on the River. The bar's open. Uh, I think I'm, I'm cutting myself off until after the radio <laughs> show, but uh, yeah, we're doing a little shitty political talk show from 3 to 6. We've got some great guests, though. Uh, the Green Party of Ontario leader of Mike Schreiner's here. My, uh, Greg Vesna, a buddy of mine, chairman of Hydrofuel. Did you know Did you know you can burn ammonia? <laughs> and the exhaust is water vapor. You know, what the hell are we doing? And then Gord Miller. Uh, just a stud friend of mine, uh, former Ontario's environmental commissioner for 15 years, is making the trek down from the Kawarthas. That was a song by Mark Lalama. He's sitting with me now. Chris Curry's running the board. Thank you very much. We are live from Sessions on the River. Get your ass down here. And Keith Bellamy, shout out to Bellamy. He says, "Did you re- can you can you read 
the comments? I'm like, yeah, I read the comments, dude. He's not performing, but he's asked about Boogeyman of Helms Ave. Talk oh. about Welland. Welland East Sider. French, Italian, East Siders, uh, or maybe three chord song, dude. Oh, so, so he's talking about my first record in uh, Boogeyman okay. of Helms Avenue. Actually, uh, I wrote it when I was 10. That's my f- <laughs> a 10 years old. Uh, Child prodigy? No, well. Runs my, in the family, maybe. See, I don't my know. cousins lived on Helms Avenue, right beside Sorry to hear my that. grandparents, right? <laughs> and so they lived. Uh, you know, side by side on Helms, and then side by each is how you say is it. That, is that how you yeah, say yeah. it? <laughs> well, not if you're from Welland, you say side by side. And that, around the corner was St. Mary's Church. You know, it was a, yeah. it was you know it was a cool area of Welland. But my the way that song "Boogeyman of Helms Avenue" came about, uh, my cousin Eddie was five years old. I was ten. Uh, I had at the time three brothers. The uh, youngest, Paul, wasn't born yet, and so and Eddie had uh, two brothers. And he had to get his tonsils out, and he was really scared. So we all sat him down, all his brothers and his cousins. And continued to freak him out. And we said, Eddie, it's so easy. Don't worry about it. We're comforting him. Yeah, we're comforting him. We said, (laughs) this is how I know. (laughs) You don't know. This is a little llama comfort, well in comfort. So we said, it's easy. They're going to bring you into the hospital room. They're going to lie on the table, and they're going to chop your head off. And then they're going to take your head. They're going to put your head to the side, and they're going to take out your tonsils. And then they're going to get your head, and they're going to sew it back on. And then we said, but you know, the only issue, the only problem is they never get it back on the same way. So it might be <laughs> tilted one same, it might be looking down. And so he looked at us, and he, and he just cried, cried. cried. So we chased him, making fun of him, and we sang The Boogeyman of Helms Avenue. We made up this song, you know. So Keith Bellamy follows it up with a question here on live stream. You can, while well, you're yeah. watching right now, it says, okay, so the question was, who was the Boogeyman of Helm Street? So I guess that was you and Nettie. Well, the boogeyman is this this fictional monster that okay. we used to okay. make Eddie cry and cry. So even to this day, <laughs> oh, so no, you're so Eddie's okay. like uh, Eddie would be forty eight now. But you know, I remember playing the grape and wine. You know, it was ten thousand people, and we we're gonna, yeah. just about to play the boogeyman. And I called him on my cell phone, and I was explaining to the audience, I'm gonna call Eddie, and and you know, we can make him cry because he still cries to this day when I play the bo- <laughs> boogeyman of Helms Avenue. Mark Lalama is my guest. I'm Jim Fan. We're live from Sessions on the River. Thanks to Chris Curry for putting this on and producing it. Uh, performers are starting to load in. People are starting to get in here. And we got a liquor license, so you can have a little taste, a little nip while you watch your favorite bands. Uh, coming up next, we got Aaron Berger and the Blue Stars. He's running a little bit late, but he's also bringing the food. Thank you to Wellington Court <laughs> Restaurant. Uh, Eric Peacock, Alan Dale Peacock, huge fans of that establishment. I know you know it well. Um, wow, one of the best restaurants in town, and this show is brought to you exclusively by Wellington Core Restaurant, because, well, because I didn't get out and sell it. Oh, more rock stars in the house. I'm Jim Fannin. He is Mark LaLama. Tell us more about the Here Here. Yeah, the Here Here night. Coming up tomorrow series. night, and that's... Tomorrow would, afternoon. It's a one Sunday oh, a month, perfect. 4 p.m. Okay, and so normally I would have you grinding out a tune. But ah. you've got these, you call them a black oak clause. I thought it was radius clause, whatever, but it says that... Is that, is that the line I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I it was just a little it. early for me to play it. <laughs> but if I told you that, then we'll go with it. <laughs> so you can catch them tomorrow. One o'clock, you sold out for that? Four o'clock. Four o'clock, sorry. Uh, they, added, they added extra seats. I, last I heard, there was about eight seats left. What are the tickets going for? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't buy them. <laughs> I think they're... I, I, I know there's, Typical a group, musician. there's a group discount if you bought... Like most people buy all four. Okay. You know, all oh, the shows. shows like, yeah. I think it's like 120 bucks for four shows. Oh, that's a great deal. It's an amazing deal. Yeah. You know. So, last week uh, we started this this uh, leg of the 
the series with Gregory Hoskins and Ariana Gillis were our guests, and then we had Guido Basso, Order of Canada. He's on wow. hundreds of albums. Uh, Guido Basso and Daniel Romano, right. just an amazing artist. And then tomorrow we have Janie Grand and uh, Wendell Ferguson, who's a, Wendell is a, a country guitar player, songwriter. He's in the, the Country Hall Music Hall of Fame. He's just a, a, he's played with everyone from Gordon Lightfoot to Shania Twain, Dixie so Chicks. You, know. you must have built up a whole lot of goodwill out there by you know being a talented musician, but probably. Or just being a decent human being. So decent's a word. When you <laughs> just yeah. above average, yeah. <laughs> uh, how I describe it. But no, I mean, uh, when you call a guy like yeah. Davidoff or whoever you're calling, yeah, it, it must be really gratifying to have that support of guys like, damn, straight, I'll be on your album, or yeah, I'll do that show. Or, yeah, well, the response has been amazing for the here here. It's uh, most people, if they're free, they'll they want to do it. And um, it's actually, the more we do it, the more it kind of has its own legs and people hear about it. And I get, I get tons of emails and I'm trying to fit everybody in, but you know, from people who want to be a part of the series. So, right. but part of the, the challenge is to, uh, to slot the two guests that are kind of complementary to each other. So it right. makes, just so it makes a, a cohesive show, right? I just yeah. don't want to kind of throw people together that, that have nothing to do with each other. You know? So where do you get your gratification from? I know that, you know, CD was just up here and he's like, dude, I don't think I've really actually nailed one. You know, and I think we struggle as human beings is celebrating our successes and say, hey, yeah, I nailed that one. That's, that's good enough for me. It's, that's yeah. enough for the world. And for me, you know, whether it's a political campaign or it's doing a shitty radio show when somebody comes up and goes like, thank you. Like, you made a difference for me. That's but I'm not a performer, so where, where's some of the, mm. I know this is, I can see you going deep into the data bank there as far as the answer goes, but uh, what is most gratifying for you performing live? Well, first of all, I can't, I don't, I can't be responsible for how the audience receives it, how mm. they choose to receive it. So I, my responsibility kind of goes, you know, right to the, to the tip of the stage. To the edge of the stage. So first, first and foremost, I have to be um, honest with myself mm. when I'm performing the song. I have to give myself completely to the lyrics, to the story of the song. So I'm serving right. that song 100%. And beyond that, it's my band, right? I, right. I, I, the responsibility I, to the band too. Right, so I have to be completely honest mm. with we use that word authentic too. Yeah. Authentic. So, so these lyrics, these lyrics were written, even though I wrote them, you know, at a different point in my life. The the songs that I'm performing now are songs that that mean something to me, right? So I have to get back into that frame of mind when I wrote the, that song. When I sing those words, it has to be like it's the first time I've ever sung those words. Mm. I have to be a. a, a in that mindset of a point of discovery, right? So that the, the, these words actually mean something. And I have to be completely honest and not throw in anything fancy for the sake of being entertaining. And right. that's my responsibility to the song and to the guys I'm playing with, right? right? So if I can start, because, you know, I'm if I can start that kind of attitude, then I hope it wears off with the guys in the band. And the guys in my band, I don't ever 
ever have to worry about them. Mm. Like that's that's the thing about a band is you have to have 120% trust, right? So so if we can start from that point of authenticity of, of honesty and egolessness, right? It's all about the song, right? Right. Then I think if if it's honest, then people will feel something from it. I like the way you said get out of the way and ego really speaks to that because yeah. so many times our ego gets jammed right up in front of us so we can't see anything yeah. else and I really appreciate those comments. So, but I mean, um, you know, I'm 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 not t- talking about all the years, you know, like everybody, the, the years of learning your instrument and the mm-hmm. years of, of getting to a point where you, you don't think about your instrument, right? It's right. just a, it's just a, a tool, right? To, so to when you're on stage, you got to kind of be on airplane mode where there's no distractions. The chalkboard yeah. has been wiped clean. You yeah. you know. Your eyes are rolled back in your head, and you're just engrossed in the sound and the feel and the meaning and all of it. Eh? Yeah, I think every every front man probably goes through the same decision making process. Like either you have to look at your audience. You can think of it. You want to make a connection, so maybe it's by by eye contact. You're going to look at your eyes, or you say, you know, right now I'm so inside that you are just a, an object of observation, right? So because sometimes. Audiences would rather see you totally lost. They just want to be witness to that. Right. So that's I, I, like I've heard people say, "Well, make sure you open your eyes when you sing to your audience." And I don't. I don't think there's rules like no. that. I think is if you're an honest artist, then and if and if if you truly get the ego out of there, then whatever you feel like doing, you should do. Move. Right? Let the music move you. Yeah. If you want to look at someone while you're singing, perfect. I mean, I've done it so many times where if I'm singing sort of a love song. I'll pick a woman that I don't know, right, at all, because now it's something new for me, and I'll really try to sing to her, and I'll look, I can look at her for the whole song. I don't know who that oh, hell it is. Make women so, crazy. To, so, I want to be that guy. But you know, sing one to me, man. But it's like, I and so for be at the me, show tomorrow. so it's there's a magic that happens because for me it's a little uncomfortable, but I'm I force myself to look at her. You know, and it's gonna, you know, and I, and I'm cool, yeah. and I'm trying to make a connection, on, like a one-on-one. It's right. so th- these are games I think that every, you know, performer does, right? Yeah. But I've never actually said that to anyone before. <laughs> <laughs> and we're hearing some music for the first time. It's a world premiere. Mark Lalam is my guest. It's Jim Fannin show. We're live from Sessions on the River. The bar is open. I don't see anyone with a drink in their hand. It's been a long day. We've been in here since well early this morning. Mark Lalama, really happy to have you on the show. Just a little bit about the TV show. Tell me, like, where did, Idol? I don't know anything about it, so let me okay. know what you did there. Uh, Can- it was Canadian Idol. I'm assuming that's the one you're talking yeah. about. Okay. Um, what, so you've done others? Yeah, I've done Canadian some. Idol being the one that that's brought the you a big lot one. of That was the number one show. In you the were pr- music so, director? No. So okay. it, uh, House band. It was on the air for six years. Wow. For the first two years, I was a studio musician. Like, a, So we would... There was no live band for the first couple oh, of years. Oh, so you okay. actually for the first four years. So I would be in the studio, and doing the bumper music, doing the recorded tracks, like okay. the karaoke tracks that the, that the singers would sing to. Oh. So I would play, you know, whatever keys, right? And, and we would, and then it, on the show, you'd see the singer alone on stage, singing, right? Right. Um, in the third season, they asked me to be the on-air piano player, so. They always had a piano player. They had two other guys before me. And then the, th- the third season, they asked me to be the piano player. So it was in the top 20 segment of the show. So they had 20 uh, singers. And they would come out and sing with a piano player. And so that was me. 
So cool. for the right, so I did right. that for the last uh, four years of the show, and then they started introducing a live band. So I was in the live band, but also behind the scenes, myself and the vocal coach were the mentors for the singers. Okay. So we would have a one-on-one -on -one session, I think two or three times a week. So they they would have to take a song and we'd have to edit it down, a musical arrangement that would last about a minute 20, depending on what the producers told us that week. Mm -hmm. So you have to edit the song so you get a verse chorus, try to make an effective arrangement, but it only lasts a minute 20, for example, right? And so it was a big process, and uh, we had, you know, it, it was a really cool experience, you know, really cool experience. Cool, man. Well, I couldn't be more honored to have you on, man. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. We wanted to do this a couple of years ago for the other show. So, and I know you're busy as hell. So, thank you very much. We're gonna actually go out with a tune here. Okay. As well. Chris, are you okay to bring us out with a tune? Aaron Berger and the Blue Stars are up next. But uh, my thanks to Mark Lama uh, for spending some time with us here. He's playing tomorrow at the Pack. You can get some tickets. Uh, song five, Chris. Um, get some tickets for his four o'clock show called the uh, First Ontario. The, yeah, the Here Here Niagara Center. Music Series at the. Here Here is uh, Yoga by Sarah. My friend's still a sponsor over there. What's that? Yoga by Sarah. She's oh, Yoga by Sarah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, the Peanut Mill. Cool Peanut Mill, all organic. Mark Lalama is my guest. Thank you so much. What's the song called, Mark? It's called Where Did We Go? Where Did We Go? We're coming back with Aaron Berger and the Blue Stars. Stay tuned. I'm Jim Fannin. We got no choice, we're all born naked.